welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 114. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have a couple of beans on the line with me. So tonight we have Chewy. How's it going mate? I'm really good mate. How are you? Pretty good. And we've also got Cracker. How's it going Cracker? Very well. Thanks buddy. Good to hear. Look at that smooth intro. No mistakes. Just just like rolls off the tongue. It's like we've like done we've this done 113 times. times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very good. All right, so yeah, a few few things to talk about tonight, as uh, we always do. Uh, there, there may even be a little discussion of actual paper magic being played, which is uh, pretty cool. I just realised I typed in the show notes pre pre lease, <laughs> which is not the not the term. <laughs> that's that's why we do an audio format for the yeah, most yeah. part instead of written. <laughs> Uh, very good. All right. But, uh, yeah, before we get into any of that, uh, Cracker, do you want to tell yeah. us about our awesome sponsors? Oh, I'd love to. So, our sponsors are Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction page, and they have lots of different singles of physical magic cards that you can buy every night of the week uh, with really great prices. Uh, they support us and this podcast and the Magic Beans tournament series with all the prizes that we can provide there, which is unreal, and we love them for that. So go check them out, and when you win an auction, tell them the Beans sent you. Very good. Chewie's just editing the <laughs> show notes. I think you just made it worse, Chewie. <laughs> yeah, I deliberately made it worse. <laughs> we need to have a Patreon so people can see our terrible show notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can, yeah. They can pay for the people, privilege. People yeah. are going to ask for their money back real fast. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've great. always wondered that with with Patreons of people like, oh, you get you know access to the show notes and you get uncut episodes and things like, that. and it's like, why why would you actually want that stuff? Why would you want uncut episodes with all the, we, all the you would want uncut and- episodes of our podcast because it's just like knuckle cracking, coughing, other bodily functions all caught on. Like, who wants to hear that, man? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I think we've spoken about it before that when when we record, we do it in one take. We very, very rarely stop. The only time we we pause is when something's gone wrong. You know, someone's internet's died or, or something like that. But Some otherwise, kid we just start screaming in the background. Yeah. yeah, even even then, the person usually just mutes. But we just do it in in one go. So an uncut episode is yeah, it's really not that different to what you're getting. But yeah, it just uh, has yeah, more ums in it. Yeah, way way more ums from Chewy and a bit of keyboard typing and lots more mouse clicks and and things like that. But it's pretty much the same. It's 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 just. This is the beans and how we do it, which yeah. I, I think is pretty cool. We're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yes, the end of the are. episode. Cool, we're done. <laughs> uh, you talked about paper magic. We I played did, some yes. paper magic. Oh, week. look at this, getting getting me back on track. That's a, that's a bit of a change. So. It's two weeks in a row, just quietly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the pre-lease... Yeah, the pre- pre-release. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, this week, obviously, well, the weekend just gone was the pre-release for... Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and uh, being that we're all busy and have families, and it was Cracker's wife's birthday on the weekend. Happy birthday, Amelia! Uh, we were unable to actually go out on the weekend and play pre-release, but Games Portal, our, our store that we tend to go to, we're running some. I think there was actually one Tuesday night and Wednesday night, and uh, a few of you beans got to go there. I did not, sadly. But, uh, yeah, who who was there, Cracker? I know you were definitely there. I saw a photo of you on, on yes. Twitter. Who, who else was there? Uh, Chris was there with us, and Chewie was there as well. Okay. Very nice. And yeah, how good. many how many people ended up for the uh, the Tuesday night pre-release? What do you reckon? Ten? Maybe uh, 12? I think there was 
12 um, yeah. uh, for a Tuesday night pre-release. Not bad. So Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so we've just played the three rounds. Um, traditionally, you'd play the the four at your pre-release, but uh, on a Tuesday evening, starting at seven with deck yeah, and such, yeah, so I was pretty happy to own three. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it was cool. Uh, it was cool to play some magic, you know, in a store across the table from a human being. Uh, and <laughs> Even if that human being is Cracker. Hey, uh, it was, at least it was the finals, all right? At least it wasn't around <laughs> one like you two always get paired up. Eh? Yeah. At least I yeah, got so, some wins first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I was the first person to take a game off Cracker for the Ooh, whole wow. game, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we haven't spoken since you guys played, so I have no idea. I knew, I knew that you guys played in the finals that, and I knew yep. that Chewy won, but... Yeah, how how did you get like what? Well, I guess we'll start off with you, Cracker. How how yeah. was your pool? You know, what, what did you have in there, and what did you end up so building? My pool was okay. Um, I got a couple of really good white rares and uh, a mythic or two, uh, which is pretty good. So I got Ao the Dawn Sky, which is the you know mythic um, white dragon, which did absolutely nothing for me in any of my games ever. <laughs> did you <laughs> like, get, get to cast exiled. it at least? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cast it and then Chewie exiled it immediately. Yeah, nice. Um, but uh, no, my deck was, it was, I mean, it's funny. You just, look, when you play sealed, you play the colors that you get. And I was mostly green, white and splashing black, you know? So I had, yeah, just like some some sort of enchantment synergies there. I had a couple of ninjas that are biting palm ninja. And the card that probably did the most work for me was the bank, uh, the Reckoner bank buster. The four four, um, the two mana four four vehicle where you can like pay to tap it and draw a card, and then ah, that's you know, that's the one cruise. we spoke about. It was sort of similar to Maze Mind Tome sort of thing. Yeah, that, except that's sort of it attacks value. for four. Yeah, nice. Which it turns out is really good. So the I mean, it was sealed and it did its sealed thing where unless you were hyper aggressive, the games just drew out for a long time. So they were grindy, but a lot of fun. I ended up in a couple of. Just I played against Gareth actually in round two, who's who's in our ah, Discord. Nice. He's a guy we've known for a long time. He's also a judge. Uh, but yeah, we ended up in a couple of just like both games, just massive board stalls. And eventually, it was like mm, math is for blockers, <laughs> tacky for everything. And uh, <laughs> and he's like, I think that puts me to two. I was like, pump spell for six. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, a couple of really tight games. And then yeah, Chewie and I faced off in the finals, uh, and. Much the same sort of thing. We had a couple of- the, the first game was really close, but Chewie had a bunch of shrines that meant m- maths was for not attacking ever. And then <laughs> uh, game two, I kind of just beat down pretty early. I, I managed to steal his mana fixer with my Biting Palm Ninja, which made him stumble enough for me to be able to just keep pressing the advantage. And then game three was epic. <laughs> Went for forever. It was, was really good, though. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, nice. So, yeah, I played um, a few of the sagas as well, the flip sagas, the, both the green ones and the white ones. Uh, so, I had the one that turns into the, the dragon egg thing where you get to put creature cards underneath it, but uh, never died. Never got to cast any of my stuff for free. It just kind of sat there the whole time, <laughs> which, um, which, which is unfortunate. The thing I found my pool was lacking was removal. I had like two removal spells in the whole thing. Uh, yeah. One of them was March of the Otherworldly Light, which is the um, one white. And then X, where you can like exile cards from your hand to add white cards from your hand to add two colorless yep. to it, um, which is which was really good. Actually, it got me out of a bunch of spots, which was um, nice to kind of have that unconditional exile removal. But uh, yeah, some earlier interaction would have been handy to have. But overall, man, it was it was a lot of fun. Good, yeah, yeah like you said, just good to play. 
like actual paper magic again and <laughs> try to try to try to build a sealed pool when you haven't done that in a long time. It's just like, oh, oh how does this work? <laughs> how do I put cards in sleeves again? <laughs> no, no. I, unfortunately, I had most of my basics pre-sleeved from however long ago, so yeah. saved some time yeah, there. But uh, yeah, that was good times. Nice. And how did you go, Chewy? You have a, a bit of a, a better pool than Cracker, or are you just a, a no, better magic no, player? No, my pool was much, much worse than Cracker's. <laughs> uh, uh, it oh, was um, yeah. no, like I would. Yeah. Actually, I wrote an article on magicbeanscast.com that kind of summarizes uh, my experience. So I won't go into too much detail apart from saying, you know, if, if you want the detail, go and check out the article, magicbeanscast.com. Uh, but yeah, I had a one of those pools where all of the colors were really evenly represented. Uh, and yeah, the worst. I'll, yeah, and a lot of the good cards had double, triple, or four uh, mana pips. <laughs> so. Uh, I, n- the deck didn't give me any obvious signposts. So I just decided to go f- for the most powerful thing that I could at the cost of some consistency. So I ended up with four colors. So, uh, it was, uh, green, white based with, uh, you know, a bit of blue, but a, uh, sorry, green, blue based with a bit of white, uh, and, uh, one red card, uh, which was the, the red shrine, the Goshen Tai of Ancient Wars. So I just went max synergy trying to to leverage that so uh i had some good two drops in uh i had a lion sash and um the green shrine and the spirited companion uh, i did get to live the dream of uh returning prosperous uh, sorry returning the spirited companion with prosperous thief ninjutsu to get a treasure using that treasure to recast spirited companion so you know nice. lots and lots of cards and uh you know free mana uh that was pretty fun uh but similar to cracker i just had a lot of shrines for value and yeah not a lot of removal honestly uh i had uh one copy of repel the vile and then just some creatures with reach and a couple of bounce spells in the uh, one of the ninjas and the uh, inventive iteration saga. So really, really removal light, but just went for, yeah, the long game value. And MVP was uh, Shigeki Jukai Visionary, who let me just work through let this attrition game with my shrines and profitable profitable trading and you know, good blocks and things like that. And then buying a bunch of those cards back with the channel ability of uh, Shigiki and just, you know, riding that wave of card advantage. Basically, you know, a big card draw spell in my opponent's end step to draw four cards, but specific cards from my graveyard. And uh, that that won me the majority of my game. So, um and, you know, Cracker mentioned that his dragon didn't do anything for him. In the two games that he drew it, I had the repel, the vial in my hand, ready to go. So I got pretty lucky there. <laughs> so I didn't have to really deal with the big dragon. I was able to just exile Better it. Better lucky than good. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I hey, got he, there. He, um, he saved his removal for the correct card is what he did. Because, yeah. obviously, Chewie helped me build the pool. And, you know, we sort of <laughs> seen what each other was doing. So he knew it was in there. He was waiting for it. And, uh, you know. He was chipping me down with flies. And I was like, all right, oh, I don't really need to do anything until the dragon appears. And then I was like, yes, dragon. And cast it. And yeah, got, got the removal. Yep. Yeah. The, the first game that I won, I I don't think I attacked after turn four. And the game went to turn 20 something. 
Um, <laughs> I just had the, uh, I had two shrines going, uh, one of which was a red one. So it was just complete board stall. I'd cast the, invoke the ancients and put, uh, I think vigilance counters on. And I, yeah, I just had like a couple of reach creatures, a one four flyer. So everything was completely gummed up and it's just like, shock you, go, shock you, go. So <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, pretty, uh, pretty grindy. Yeah. Yeah, nice. But it was fun. Super yeah. fun. Yeah, good. One of the cards that impressed me the most in my deck was uh, Born to Drive, which is an enchantment, but you can also um, cycle it or channel it, sorry, for two and a white, and it makes two of the pilots that crew as three power instead of one power. So it was really handy to just be able to hold up, you know, some interaction or, you know, threaten something and then be able to, you know, cycle or channel. I keep saying cycle. So you still playing cycle. Channel the, the these things out and then be able to, you know, crew your otherwise creatureless board with, you know, a couple of four fours, you know, I had a four three as well. So you could kind of get a bit of a surprise value out of that, which was really good. Yeah, there's a lot of like there's not a lot of removal, but there's some good tricks and, and combat tricks and pumps yeah. and things like that in the format that play the role of removal. The the boar, the big giant artifact boar, is a fantastic pump spell. And I almost died to that in um, in one of the games in round two. So that's a that's a really strong card. Uh, for for limited and certainly a trick we should all learn to play around as well. So yeah, nice. So yeah, we thought tonight, you know, with the the you know the set just being released, pre-releases happening, all that sort of thing, uh, we'll we'll get into it a little bit later uh, on a, a bit more of a discussion on the economy of sort of drafting and and how to build your collection that sort of stuff early on in a format. But before we get into that, we thought we'd go through what we've been doing in in, in the limited format and. You know what the archetypes are and that sort of thing. So I know Chewy, you've been playing uh, quite a lot of sealed. I I've not played a single sealed pool, and obviously you guys just played your your pre-releases. So there's another sealed pool there, um, and I've done a draft. I know Stu's done quite a few drafts. There's been plenty of people posting in the uh, in the limited channel. So do you want to sort of take us through sealed first, and then um, yeah, might sort of jump into some of the the draft archetypes and and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, I think Cracker, when he started talking about sort of his experiences, he hit the nail squarely on the head there when uh, he talked about, you know, your overall strategy. And most archetypes can be put into one of these two buckets. There's either your hyper-aggressive decks that are trying to get under the grindy decks or there's the long-game grindy decks that are going to win the game eventually with... Uh, you know, grinding an opponent out. And I say eventually there, there are cards that win the game. Uh, but it's, you know, it's not all just, you know, everybody has nine, two drops in their deck, you know, like OG Ravnica standard or anything like that. So there's a lot of play to the format. The, uh, sagas that turn into creatures and things like that give you a lot of value. And, and I think, yeah, it's a, I would describe this as a value format. So even your equipment that you put on your modified deck trying to get under things, if you don't have a creature, your equipment's a creature, you can still pressure your opponent. So there's a lot of value. And then the sagas in the slower decks turning into creatures, then you ninja them back and play them again. And, you know, you're just getting a lot, a lot of value out of the, uh, out of, out of the, or out of your cards, individual card value goes through the roof when you get to, you know, get multiple triggers and multiple uses out of them. So the uh the the red white warriors slash uh samurai deck I found pretty underwhelming. Uh I haven't had a good pull from a sealed perspective at least 
uh, to, to look at that. I think that might be a draft archetype that we might look at. Uh, I've had a lot of people trying to ninja me, uh, trying to lean really hard in on ninjas. Uh, I, I haven't had a lot of success trying to do that. I've just played some good ninja cards and played them as the opportunities presented themselves. Um, some ninjas I've not actually used their ninja ability on them. And I, it's, it's a bit of bonus text should it come up. Uh, the two that really come to mind there are the, there's the white one with double strike. So it's often just played as a three mana two, two with double strike rather than trying to get fancy with ninjutsu. And the other one is the four mana bounce a creature one. So it, it can be a useful combat trick, uh, to, you know, save one of your creatures and bounce it back. But often you just want to play it as a four mana two, two mana war and clear a blocker and start bashing people anyway. So that's definitely, um, you know, two archetypes that I try to steer away from. The red green modified. Uh, archetype is really, really strong. That's been one of, that was one of my seven wins in sealed. And they've got some great rares, uh, that pull you into that archetype. But, uh, as you play a few games, you discover that, you know, the engine room of your sealed deck is your commons, obviously. And there's a, I can't remember the name of it. It's a three mana, uh, two, three. But if you have another modified creature, it comes in with a plus one count, plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, so a three mana three four uh, on curve is is pretty good. So you're looking for cheap modified creatures to turn things on and to lean into that synergy. The turtle ninja is a good one with that. And uh, there's yeah the cheap equipment, uh, the one drop wonder equip- equipments uh, really do help with that. And then if you're looking for the longer grindier games, leaning into shrines if you're lucky enough to open a bunch of those. Uh, play as many as you can get and play the, uh, the mana fixes that are available, which is the, you know, Ecologist Terrarium, the two mana artifact, uh, the Greater Kanuki, which is the channel rampant growth, um, for three, which it's a six mana, six five with trample, but it's also got the, the mana fixing in that. And then Network Terminal, uh, is a three mana mana rock that, taps for any color but you can also loot if you tap an artifact in the late game which is not dead in the late game as well so uh yeah you want to yeah lean into the shrines play as many colors as you can or you just want to play as many colors as you can and play as many sagas as you can and just get a lot of value out of the uh the the saga abilities and uh they form you know a lot of your creature base three turns later so that's been definitely my experience from from Seal. Uh, red Sounds green, very grindy, very grindy. Or you just try to get them dead as you know before they get all of the value out of out of that. So I think drafting will be faster, and, and some of the grindier archetypes. Which is not. generally the case between sealed and drafting. Yeah, exactly. Drafting's always a little bit little bit quicker, just because you you know you're actually picking the cards for your deck. You're not just hoping for the luck of the draw with the what you crack in the packs. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely expecting that. Like sealed's always slower than than draft, um, but yeah, there's don't necessarily just go for the big slow bombs in in sealed. Go for the the value plays, and you just want to get as much value out of things. Like look for things that you know equal an extra card or an extra half a card and and things. So I said in one of the preview shows how excited I was about Spirited Companion 
in in sealed and you know my experiences are that that card is very very good uh if you've got you know enchantment payoffs as well obviously very very good as well uh but just or or ninjuring which is also pretty sweet you know it's a cheap creature that you play on turn two and then you can ninja on on a later turn is really really good and the threat of ninjas also and this is this will be true for draft and uh, and sealed the threat of limited make your pump spells better in this format than they might be in in other formats pump spells are always like good you play one maybe two pump spells in your deck uh particularly if you're trying to be aggressive but people will go oh they i don't want them to you know prosperous thief me or network hacker me and get a card i'll i'll put i'll put a creature in front of this and then you know you get to blow them out with a combat trick Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so more there's, valuable there's than also, normally. Yeah, I was going to say you, you're really incentivized to block in this format, which is a departure from what it's been recently. Because there are ninjas in so many colors. You know, they're in what three, four colors, right? Um, and so there are some really huge blowouts as well. Like, there's obviously, I mean, I- ignoring the rares, there's the uncommon where when it does combat damage, you can discard a card and destroy target creature and opponent controls. So you ninjutsu something back to your hand that's really cheap, and then you throw it away and blow up your, your opponent's biggest threat. So there's there's definitely a lot to be gained from thinking through your blocks and, you know, doing everything on your second main as much as possible. You, you can kind of bait people into some, some awkward situations. So it, it definitely is, it, it feels more difficult, particularly in the dark. I mean, obviously, once you've seen you know, game two or three, you know, once you've seen your opponent's deck a little bit, you've got you've got some ideas. But game one, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Um, I might just have to chump block because yeah. the threat of activation is just so much worse. And that's just kind of a free roll for your attack then, right? You can kind of bluff two twos into three threes more effectively, it feels like. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then, yeah, going, do I get blown out by a ninja or do I get blown out by a pump spell? It makes Yeah, you kind of just have to decision. pick your poison. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Which, as, as the blockers, doesn't feel good. No, I found even in, like, the one draft that I did, like, people were doing weird blocks and I didn't trig, like, twig as to why until later. And often they would block my smaller creature and just take, you know, an extra point or two of damage because the the bigger creature was one I wouldn't want to bounce back to my hand for ninjutsu, whereas the smaller creature was one that I would. Uh, so they go, oh, well, like if I you know if I block the bigger creature, which is probably the one I, sh- I would normally do, well then you've got this free unblocked creature that you're happy to return back to your hand. So instead, I'm going to block the small one, take a little bit of extra, extra damage, and then you don't you know you can ninjutsu your creature in if you want, but you're bouncing your four drop back to your hand instead of your one drop or two drop. So. Yeah, it's, it makes it really, really weird to work out what you should block, what you shouldn't block, what you need to let through. And yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, people bluffing attacks and just, you know, sending all when they they don't have anything and just sort of leaving it up to their opponents to try and figure out what could Which they possibly great. have. And, yeah, know, love that it. Sort of thing. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's really good because for so long, it's felt like just blocking has not been a good choice. It's felt like, you know, you, you, there are so few combat tricks that were particularly good in the last few sets. And, you know, for the most part, it was just like, well, uh, I'd rather just, you know, swing back and, and kind of race. But yeah, yeah, just keep bashing each other in the face. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> someone's done I mean, more that, damage. That's not, not, not completely true, but it certainly hasn't felt like you've been incentivized for a lot. And, you know, there, there feels like there's uh, quite a few um, higher toughness creatures kicking around as well, which is interesting. Yeah. 
So, Chewy, how have you been going in your your sealed? What's your, what's what are your records like? I I think I've had a couple of train wrecks. I've had a couple of like one threes, uh, but I've had two seven twos, a six three, a couple of five threes. Um, but yeah, then then some right down at the other end of that spectrum as well. So yeah, nice. overall, you know, pretty positive win rates and been able to you know rack up some w's along the way which has been been pretty good so i've been pretty happy with this i've been really enjoying the the format which also helps but uh yeah winning probably adds to that enjoyment but i've also had some absolute stinkers as well don't get me wrong it's not all (laughs) it's not all sunshine and rainbows it's uh uh you know Sometimes you open a seal pool and you go, oh, this deck looks really good. I'm going to do well here and can't get a win. Or sometimes yep. you just open a complete, you know, compost heap and uh, <laughs> just try to eke out as many wins as you can and, and get it over with as quickly as possible. But uh, yeah. overall, well, really positive experience, positive win rate as well. So been happy. Have you that. found, like this is probably relevant to draft as well, but have you found that this is a format where there are just those bomb rares that ruin ruin your day or ruin no. the game? There's some really powerful things like Jin Gataxius is, is a very, very powerful thing, but it does cost seven. Uh, and you know, the dragons are, are fine. Like they're powerful, but not completely, um, un, you know, they don't put your opponent into an unlosable position or you into an unlosable position if you're lucky enough to have one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's more about synergy, this set rather than just individual card value and. And uh, there's a lot of, and eking out that value, those, those half a card here and that mana, um, advantage there. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot of agency. You've got a lot of play to the format. And that's yeah, why good. I really, really liked it. Yeah. Nice. Cause that's, that's a common complaint you hear. It's like, uh, you know, I had this good draft deck and then I came up against this person and they had this rare. So I lost that match and then I came up against this person and they had this rare. And so I just, I lost that match and it's like, yeah, that, that just doesn't sound much fun. Yeah. And I think that's always yeah. an element of, of sealed in particular. Uh, that yeah. does happen, but it's not what this format's about. Uh, yeah, the last yeah. format where, you know, there was that 6-6 six, six demon and then you had to sacrifice a creature to make another 6-6 six, six demon. Uh, you know, if you landed that, you know, you just won, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that it doesn't have elements like that, which is yeah, good. refreshing. Sounds good. I uh, I think I need to give some sealed a uh, a go because I haven't done that in quite a while. Uh, I, I, I recommend it for more. I have a pre-release than just... pack coming for, uh, yeah. for this set, so I might just build a seal pool just for the the sake of it. But... <laughs> Share some pics into the limited channel on the Discord. Yeah, it not, sounds good. Not in the Discord. Get in there. Yep, absolutely. All right, so we'll shift over to draft. So we thought, as most sets have, uh, there's usually like the the ten color pairs, and they all tend to have a um, an archetype or, or something that's sort of what that that color pair is meant to be sort of pushing you into. And sometimes it's it's really obvious. Often, I think like the last core set we had, you know, you had your uncommon. Uh, creatures or uncommon color pair card per per color pair and that sort of directed you for what you you need to be doing in then in those color pairs and that's it's not always the case in every every set um but we do have sort of a bit of a a rundown on roughly what these color pairs are so cracker do you want to give us a run through those yeah absolutely so there's as true was saying before there's there's blue back ninjas 
there's red green modified there's blue green mid-range uh there's black green mid-range as well they're they're kind of interchangeable they're very value based as you would expect for kind of those it's like playing the rock, decks right yeah for- yeah it really is yeah, yeah uh so then you've got yeah red white samurais and uh just kind of your, your typical boros aggressive deck there's blue red artifacts there's green white enchantments there's black white which is both artifact enchantments there's black red artifact sacrifice uh i did see the uh uncommon black red artifact sacrifice card do some real work like it's just kind of you know sacrifice and ping stuff there uh and then there's blue white vehicles which in draft i think is is particularly strong um from what i've seen people playing with it looks really good you know they you've got a lot of really just strong uncommon and common vehicles which are all really good and just lots of good ways to crew them and if you can get you know like one of the rare vehicles there like excellent <laughs> like the, really really good the so, blue one yeah. in particular where you can like turn a creature that you're crewing your um vehicle i forget the name of it into a four three with the abilities the- yeah basically yep, yep. but you know if you've got that with your double striking two twos or your first striking you know there's a bunch of first strike stuff in white as well you know first striking four threes that fly pretty disgusting to try and face down so yeah open the <laughs> the signpost uncommons uh that which you're referring to the yes. blue white vehicle one that when a vehicle attacks you create a one one that can crew uh two power higher is mm-hmm. really really strong it taxes three four so it, it you know you can get in some good attacks with that because uh, you know it's got a nice big caboose and it <laughs> uh, you just get so much value where you know if you're in a racing situation you just create this army of chump blockers while still being able to press the advantage uh, of, of attacks. So it's uh, it's it's quite good, quite quite good. And then just like the humble brute suit is is a good card. Yeah, it's just really strong. Just the fact that the crew cost is so cheap. You know, it's one and it just attacks for you know four. <laughs> is, is yeah, I uh, I had one of those in my draft pool, and yeah, it's uh, it, like. You know, you look look at that that archetype list, and yeah, blue blue white vehicles is an archetype, but there are quite a few good generic coloured uh, vehicles that can go into almost any of those any mm-hmm. of those archetypes. And but the support yeah, cards as well, good. like the the fox that there's a two two fox pilot that whenever a vehicle attacks, you can untap the fox, but you create oh you can untap him or a vehicle can get first strike, and that's you know giving giving a vehicle first strike, uh, you know, particularly if it's like a, a three power or a four power vehicle is, is as Cracker just said, pretty powerful. So yeah, it's absolutely. a, um, a cool, a cool sort of take on, on vehicles, which we've seen a lot, you know, over the last you know few years, but this feels fresh. The colored vehicles, I think you spoke about that, uh, in a recent cast shorty where, you know, adding specific color, uh, requirements to casting vehicles lets them, you know, do some different things and potentially some more powerful things as well because it creates that limitation on it. So I think it's great. It's very, very good. Yeah. So I, I look at that list of archetypes and they're basically all mid-range. Like ninjas is not killing people quickly. Even like the the samurais and warriors, you know, you, you sort of said, Cracker, the red-white, it, it's, you know, typical Boros beatdown, but it, it's actually very different to what you normally want to be doing in those red white decks it's not normally, going wide it's going no through. yeah no, normally you're you're trying to go wide you're, you're flooding the board with small dudes and just getting in there with that quick pressure 
But the way the, the Samurais and the Warriors are set up, it's around attacking alone, kind of, almost like the um, the Exalted, Exalted decks that we've had yeah. Yeah, in, in the past. A bit different and, you know, you, you are... You, you're sharing abilities and, and things like that when when they attack alone, but yeah, ve- very different. And, and it's kind of it's one of those awkward things where it's like, all right, sweet, I've got four dudes on the battlefield, but I'm better off attacking with just one of them, and then that means they only need one removal spell to kill yeah, that I creature. Just don't, and then it's I, like, I no, don't no, know no, that it's wasted good that. in this no, set yeah. from what I've seen. Like everything has, you know, like just. There are just no bad cards in modern, you know, current magic sets. Like, you don't just have absolute garbage. There's just good cards from, like, one drop all the way through the curve now. And it just feels like, certainly in all the games I played, like, attacking with a single creature was just, like, a thing you did on turn three. And then that was it from then on out. There was just, like, the boards just got full really fast. So, I, I, I struggle to see how- you can do that unless you get like the absolute nutter butters and like a bunch of removal and interaction to just kind of clear the way and make things really awkward. But yeah. Yeah. Which you're generally not going to be getting in your red and white decks. Like no. You, you'll get a, a little bit of removal. You know, white will tend to have some sort of exiling based removal. Your red's going to have, you know, some, some sort of burn spells, but you're also trying to. Uh, like it, typically in draft, those removal spells are not cheap. You know, it's not the the frost bites and things like that. The the one mana removal spell where you can clear out some blockers. So you're playing the you know three and four mana burn spell because that's all you can get in in your draft. And when you're trying to put out a bunch of creatures so that you can attack with one to get all the benefits, you then you know you kind of don't have the mana spare to be using that to to remove creatures. So yeah, not not too sure how that. Uh, archetype goes it feels like it's like just without knowing the depths of the draft format it feels like that's going to be the weakest yeah, yeah happy it, to be proven that wrong. Key, no it misses that key point you're talking about where you're just forever looking for that card and extra card right like these boros decks tend to just lack that kind of ability to to punch through you know like to just you know gain that card advantage that they need and it, you can really see that this is the wordiest set. Like, every card does so much. And if you're not maximizing that, then, like, how are you going to win? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, all, all the other archetypes there are, are all generating value in <laughs> in some form yeah, or another. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, the the red-white one just, just doesn't seem to be so... Uh, yeah, just tons of tons of synergies in in the other archetypes that are all generating value for for you, whether that's in the in the form of actual card advantage or just you know slowly pinging down your opponent with your with your red shrines and things like that. Uh, yeah, it was drawing so much couldn't, couldn't even exile it because my thing only did four powers <laughs> and greater. It's a two two. Like, yeah, nice. What am I gonna yeah. do? Yep. Well, he had the he had the dragon thing flipped. I didn't want to attack and give him free cards, so I just sat back and pinged him. <laughs> they were lands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yep. It's not. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I, I did a draft on, I think, the first night it came out. I haven't done a draft on Arena for a long time. I think it would be like oh, – actually, I did – we got like a couple of free drafts a little while ago, and I did those and, and got some gems out of them. I can't remember what set that was, but I haven't done the usual draft a bunch or play sealed a bunch when a new set comes out for, for ages, and – I think oh, I had Stu over and Stu was talking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to draft this set and whatever. And, and that night it was like, okay, I better, I better jump on and, and do a draft. So 
my uh, pack one pick one was Satoru Umazawa. And I was like, all right, well, it looks like I'm drafting ninjas. And I just forced blue-black ninjas, and I really shouldn't have because <laughs> clearly other people were also drafting blue and black cards and, and ninjas, and, and I thought I'd drafted an absolute pile. And, uh, yeah, somehow ended up with seven wins, which uh, I think, again, is the uh, the better lucky than good thing. Skills, just skills. <laughs> but, yeah, like I had just, you know, a couple of a couple of vehicles that were crew one vehicles and it just meant you know you get them on the board early and they just sit there and then any creature you play at, at any point is just play this creature and straight away I'm attacking with with my vehicle that I've got here uh, which is yeah qu- quite good to actually have those decent vehicles I did find it awkward with your ninjutsuing like you when you when you're ninjutsuing and you're not getting tons of value you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I get to draw a card. But it's, you're also, you know, you're not going up on permanence in the battlefield. And I was listening to someone on a podcast today, they were saying about, uh, like, playing rogues in standard, you know, like the or the ninja rogues version in standard. And they were saying, you compare that to the previous rogues deck that we've had where your all your creatures have flash, where you're playing them whenever you want at the end of your opponent's turn, but you're also adding creatures to the battlefield but the the rogues you're not you're you're really limited on when you're playing them it has to be during your combat step and that cuts you off from doing things at you know the end of your opponent's turn and things like that and you're yeah you're not going up on things on the battlefield and obviously you know my deck wasn't broken or anything like that so i wasn't getting tons of value from returning the same creature back to my hand and then ninja swing it again and, and things like that but yeah it just kind of felt like I was I was not getting anywhere, and then also with the couple of vehicles that I had, I didn't. I also didn't want to be bouncing them back to my hand either. So yeah, it was. I think I think I just got a little little bit lucky. I had like two or th- I had three or four removal spells, which was nice. Uh, Biting Palm Ninja, which was quite good. But other than that, it was yeah. I, the other card that actually really um, stood out for me, which I've I've always found success drafting these style of decks and this type of card there's tamio's completion which is the three and a blue enchantment with flash the blue that, faith set is shorty that's what yeah that is. The, yeah taps taps down a creature and it doesn't untap and that's that style I've, I've always found you put three or four of those in your draft deck and it just locks down your opponent's threats all Can the time we, that is just removal though yeah it's, it's like effectively, it doesn't, effectively it, removal it is 100 percent removal yeah yeah in in most cases there are times where uh it's a, a bad thing, or it just doesn't sure. work. Oh, it removes that particular doing, card. Tamio's completion uh, removes all abilities as well. Yeah, so. yeah, which is also another good part to it. So, yeah, I, I found ninjas. Like, obviously, ninjas is sort of the big archetype of the set. People are going to try and force it, that sort of thing. And, and it probably is if if you can actually draft a deck properly. It probably is the strongest deck. It just you know that that sort of combination of blue card advantage, black removal tends to be quite good so i've played some ninjas yeah. in standard trying to make the deck work still trying poorly uh <laughs> and uh faced against it and tried to do the ninja thing a lot and just because you can ninja something doesn't always mean you should and i think yeah. a real skill of the ninja archetype is is knowing when to to do when to use that ability and when to just cast your creature so it's a you know it, could be a classic situation of, you know, 
you could have the deck, Shorty, and I could have the deck, and we could play the same matchups, and we could have very different outcomes because of those choices that we make. And I love that. I think that's yeah, absolutely excellent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it makes for interesting games. Like there, there was heaps of turns in in the matches that I was playing where. I'm roping because it's like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I attack with this creature? What am I going to do? What's my plan? How much mana am I going to have? And like, you really had to plan out your turns and then plan out, okay, well, if I bounce that creature back to my hand, what am I doing next turn? <laughs> like, am I going to be able to attack with something or what, what am I going to do? And yeah, those decision trees were making my brain hurt. But uh, yeah, that's what you sort of want in magic because that's what makes magic interesting and exciting. So. Yeah, it looks like a cool draft format. Have you done any drafts, Chewie, or you've just done sealed? Just done sealed at this point. This, as is my sort of uh, habit, but part of my normal new set churn, uh, where I uh, I focus on on sealed pools, and then I'll get into drafting over the next couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah, I'd, I would be keen to try and draft the uh, the blue white vehicles deck. I think that'll be quite a bit of fun. And, uh, yeah, a few, few other cool archetypes there. So, yeah, maybe we'll get into that a, uh, a little bit more. But, yeah, I've I've done one draft and I've got seven wins, so I am a draft master. Well we, won't, we won't mention the fact that I was playing in bronze record. three and four. That doesn't – we don't we, – we can just edit that out of the podcast. Yeah, that's that's fine. But uh, I, I was not undefeated. I uh, I did lose two, <laughs> two oh, okay. rounds. So. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway – yeah, so we thought, you know, as as Chewy said, jump into our Discord, post in in the limited channel. Start of a new set. It's always going off in there. We like to see what people are drafting, people are posting in there, getting getting advice. I saw Stu was posting in there earlier. He's he's done a sealed or a draft, and he's trying to work out what cards to cut. So, yeah, there's always plenty of people in there that can give you a hand and point you in the right direction to help you with your draft and uh, earn yourself some more gems or, or whatever you're trying to do. So. We thought we would have a quick touch on, yeah, that sort of economy of of drafting early on in a format and how to sort of make the most of what your you know your currencies on arena. Um, Chewie, you were saying before the cast that you've you haven't put money into arena for like two years or something like that. So, do you want to give everyone a, a rundown on what you do, like each each set as it releases, and how you're sort of managing yeah. to effectively go free to play? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I I want to preface this with like I'm not trying to brag <laughs> that I'm you know winning all the time. Uh, I've certainly had my share of zero wins or one win. Uh, but uh, my normal churn is uh, I I'll have a constructed deck. I'll start I'll start with the constructed portion of a of of the set cycle, and I I play arena for you know however many hours per week. Uh, some days I don't play at all. Other days I'll play for half an hour other days i'll you know stay up late and just grind a bunch of games uh depends you know where i'm at uh with with time and inclination but you know try to get through as many as my of my daily quests as possible and i'll change decks and and even formats i'll jump into historic uh or even alchemy (coughs) um feels bad just saying that uh you know if there's uh, a particular quest that i want to tick off and yeah, I just uh, accrue that gold and then I will use that gold to enter drafts throughout the season and uh, I will use gold to enter and you get gem rewards. You also get packs, which helps you build your collection, etc. as well. Uh, but yeah, so 
grind the gold for free just by playing the game, use that to enter limited events, play the limited events, earn gems, and then I just bank those gems. And then at the release of a new set, the sealed events are gems to enter and they pay out gems. So I, I enter those and you get your six packs. Importantly, you get six 15 card packs rather than the eight card packs, whatever they are, when you just get regular packs. Uh, so you're getting more commons and uncommons. So it's a really good way to build out your collection, uh, particularly of those commons and, and uncommons. And then you get gems for winning as well and packs of the new set for winning. So if you can get, you know, a positive record, an overall winning record, it's a really, really efficient way, uh, as efficient as in um, not costing, <laughs> not, not hitting your hip pocket. Uh, it's a really efficient way to get the new cards uh, and to build that collection. And uh, what that does is give you the cards that you need to then build your constructed decks to then start the gold grind again. And then uh, you basically then just rinse and repeat, accrue that gold, play those limited games, turn those gold into gems, save up those gems for the next set that comes out and join in for the sealed. So uh, as you said, yeah, I, I haven't put money in. The last time I bought gems on Arena was with the release of Theros Beyond Death, which was two years ago. It was in the January 2020. So I had to have, you know, a decent win rate in Limited and Limited something that I enjoy. It's, it's one of my favorite ways to play the game and um, I do okay. You know, I've never made Mythic in Limited or anything, you know, crazy like that, but I generally have a plus 50% win rate and you can get some some pretty good value out of that. And I think, Shorty, you've actually crunched a few of the numbers uh, I've done this just kind of that's it's what's worked for me without doing any sort of analysis on it. But uh, if you can get you know even on a on an entry, uh, as in you know if you can get to f three or four wins, you're actually coming out ahead of the uh, of the economy in that sense. So yeah, it's so a in in sealed specifically, so uh, sealed costs two thousand gems. Which is steep, you know that that that's a, that's an actual money that uh, that those gems are worth. So it's it's not super cheap. But if you if you enter a sealed event and you get zero wins, so whether you you know enter it and you just resign or you just don't manage to get any, any wins, and it's it's similar to the drafts. It's you know seven wins or, or three losses. Even with zero wins, you get the six. 15 card packs that you're you're cracking for your sealed pool where uh, whereas arena card packs are eight cards as Chewie said before so you get the the six that you're cracking for the uh the pool and then for zero wins you still get three prize packs and 200 gems back so the three prize packs that you get are the arena prize packs so they're only the eight card packs but you get 200 gems back so effectively it costs you 1800 gems for uh, six 15-card packs and three arena packs. If you go into the arena store and actually try and buy packs, buy nine packs, it costs you 1,800 gems, and that's nine arena packs. So just entering a sealed event and then dropping, you're effectively getting more value than you do from just buying packs on arena. 
Uh, the, the, a couple of slight differences, like the 15 card packs, you're not getting, like when you do a sealed pool, you're not getting, there's no chance to get like wild cards, which you do with the arena packs. Um, so there's there's that. But if you do win, then you, you get prize prizes, uh, you get packs yeah, as prizes, yep. which yep. then go into that, you know, little circle thing in the top right and eventually yeah, turn into wild cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you opened wild cards and you could just be like, I want this rare, please. <laughs> just pick what card you want <laughs> yeah. in your seal pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, that, <laughs> that would yeah, be that, so dumb. Be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want Planeswalker, please. <laughs> yeah. If you can go, uh, like Chewie said, if you can go into a sealed event and go 3-3, three, three, which... He's not that hard to do. I mean, yeah, there's definitely those times you open a seal pool and it's an absolute stinker and, you, you know, you might be lucky to get one win. But even getting one win, your gems that you get back goes up to 400 gems. And so all of a sudden you're paying 1,600 gems for the same nine packs. And then it just goes up from there. And once you get to sort of four or five wins, that's when it starts to increase. And then eventually if you can get to the seven wins, you actually get 2,200 gems pack. And I think you get more prize packs as well. So you're getting all of your gems back and some, and then you get to keep all of the cards that, that you got from your seal pool. So it's definitely a good way to do it. The, the only catch with it is you need to have 2,000 gems to start with. And if you bomb out of your first one, you've lost all those gems so you kind of you need to have a little bit of a bank of gems to to be able to weather those random times where you you sort of bomb out and you don't really get too much absolutely and that's that's where you know you you play a bunch of drafts throughout the season and uh you accrue those so i've played a whole bunch of sealed i think i played like seven or eight sealed for kamigawa and i've burnt through like six thousand gems so 2,000 gems to enter and then, you know, you you do really well in some and you get enough gems to, you know, finance your next event and then you bomb out of some and, you you know, you end up behind and eventually you run out of gems. But then it's like, okay, now I've got 60-odd percent of the, the cards plus a whole bunch of fresh wild cards. I'll start uh, drafting for gold when that's available or, you know, crafting constructive decks and getting into that. So... It's just yep. part of that cycle. Yeah, and the, sort of the drafting side of it. So, uh, you know, I've got, I don't know, maybe like 2,000 gems on my account at the moment. So I don't I don't have stacks, but I've got like 70,000 gold. So for me, because I've got all this excess gold, I'm better off putting that into drafts. And similar to the sealed, and I think we've spoken about this on the podcast before, if you do a quick draft, which is the bot drafts that cost 5,000 gold, in the same sort of way as cracking the seal pool and getting zero wins, you basically get your money back. So 5,000 gold would buy you five packs on on the store. When you draft, you're opening three packs that are 15 card packs. So you're getting more, more cards. Plus you also get that little bit of selection when you're drafting in that you may get more than three rares. You might get four or five, depending on what people pass you. And you can pick the uncommons that you want and things like that. But same thing, If even if you get zero wins on a draft, you get one or two prize packs. So it basically ends up the same cost. So quick drafts, not a, not a bad way of getting into it. And if you manage to get the seven wins again in the, the quick draft, you can get turn that 5,000 gold into 950 gems, which is pretty good as well as some prize packs. And then there's the, the premier draft, which is where you're actually drafting with people. 
costs 10 grand gold, so it's a little bit more, but the seven wins gets you 2,200 gems, which is quite a lot. And uh, yeah, def- definitely a good way. If, if you are a good drafter and it's a good format, it's a good way to, to um, sort of turn that excess gold that you've got into gems. The, the only thing, like the premier draft is always there for the, the new set, whereas the quick draft is the the draft that sort of rotates with, you know, I think it's like one set for two weeks and then it changes again. And so that doesn't have Neon Dynasty on it yet. That'll probably come on in a few weeks' time. So you can't really do those those quick drafts sort of straight away. But yeah, premier drafts, good way to get in there. Even if you get two or three, two or three wins, you're going to get your money back effectively of turning your gold into gems and then, you know, just continue that build up those gems and then when a new set comes out get into the uh, the sealed so i think cracker you you haven't put money into arena for quite a while either no the last time i put money in was for uh the i can't even remember what the set was called that's how long ago it's been uh, <laughs> <laughs> i've gone blank i don't even know what was the, the return? Oh man, the landfall set. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Rise of Zendikar. <laughs> yeah, that's the ones. <laughs> Just I'm, sorry, long day, and I've gone completely blank. But yeah, Zendikar was the last time I I put any in. But I mean, I haven't. Yeah. You know, I haven't done that grind. I kind of need to get back into it, get the collection up again, because you look at things and like, oh, that deck could be fun. And it's like, oh, I don't have the lands from the last cards. set. No, I've got more than that, <laughs> yeah. but I don't have 30 rares spare yeah. at the moment to, to catch up. So, that's I think that's the biggest downside in, in kind of falling off the grind in doing it this way. And I guess that's the, the one thing that we haven't kind of talked about in the cost, in air quotes of this, is just time and lots yes. of it. And I mean, obviously, that's what Arena wants. And if, if that's your jam, then, you know, that's your currency that you're investing apart from the in-game stuff. So- like, I, I play a bunch of Arena, um, and then, you know, if we talked to Chewie three years ago, it didn't, you wouldn't think he'd ever hear that sentence coming out of his mouth. But, <laughs> True. uh, I, cause I work from home, there's quite a lot of, like, I'm finished work for the day. I'm just going to play 20 minutes of Arena before it's time to get in the car and go and get the kids. And, or I'll, um, you know, I'll, everyone's in bed. We're not watching any shows. Cracker doesn't want to play PUBG. I'll, I'll, I'll play a bunch of, you know, bin chickens in historic and things like that. So I'm not sitting down for like a day, uh, and dedicating it to, you know, trying to play a hundred games or anything like that. Like I'm jumping on for half an hour to an hour at a time, uh, a, a couple of times in the week. So it's, yeah, yeah, I'm playing a bunch of magic. I love magic. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, just, it's not, all I'm doing, right? Like I'm still yeah, kind of, but you're, you're still mostly playing with a goal in mind, right? You'll look at your what is going to get me 750 gold. I need to cast, you know, 20 red creatures or whatever it is, and be like, okay, so I'll, I'll play like this. So you're still being guided, and I'm don't don't take this as like this is a negative. I'm not complaining about the fact you have to play magic. Like that's awesome, right? But it's just that that's the you know th- there's a choice there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and sometimes you're, you're, you're definitely, and you said that before, like you, you grind standard or constructed to, to earn your gold. And the only way you do that is the, the most effective way to do that is to, you know, roll your quests and make sure you're getting those challenges for 750 and just getting through those as efficiently as you can. I, I don't even so much do that. I, I look at okay. the ones and go, like, I, I not, I don't have a deck at the moment that's green and white that I enjoy playing. I'm going to get rid of that quest and hope to get something that's got. You know, attack with some sure. creatures or yeah, that's fair. What, the I just re-roll quest. anything that's not red. <laughs> of course you do. 
<laughs> Blaster boy. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I'd, I'd look at what's, what's achievable and I'd rather a 500 gold quest that I can achieve in three to five games and a 751 that's going to take me 10 games. Yeah, so, that's fair. yeah, cause I just want to get it done and then, you know, I've got to cook dinner or pick up a kid or, you know, whatever it might be. So it's, uh, uh, but as long as you're doing that each day and like ticking off your quests daily, uh, you know, you, you accrue the gold really quickly. And, you know, before you know it, it's just like, I've got, you know, thousands of gold here. I'll do a draft, turn that into some gems and bank that for the next sealed event when the new set comes out. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a good thing. It's a, yeah, it's a good way to do it. And it's a good, good, good way to build helps. a collection. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And, and that's the thing. It, it builds a collection and means that I'm spending less wild cards. I still don't have enough wild cards, but I'm spending less wild cards to build the decks because I've opened a whole bunch of packs through sealed. Yeah. And I, I think, like you said uh, just before, Cracker, you, you're missing like the mana basis from the last few sets. I, I was the mm. same. Like go back two years, I was doing exactly the same thing that, that Chewie's doing, except I was like new set would come out and I would just draft. I haven't really done sealed at all. But I, yeah, I found that you had you just had so many, you know, you didn't have full sets, but you had enough of the cards where it's like, oh, I want to build this deck. And then you look at, oh, I only need to spend five wild cards. And it's because, you know, half, half of the rares get taken up in your lands and you just sort of pick them up through drafting and, and just opening packs from from winning drafts and, and things like that. And so once you get all those things and, and you sort of continue that with each set, as new sets come out, it's like, oh, cool, okay, I now want to build this deck. Well, I've already got all the mana base for it, so it's just a few extra new cards for this set and it's not, not costing you a fortune when you go, you know, a year without doing that or, or even longer, all of a sudden you're missing all of that. And that's when it really hurts. That's where you go, well, maybe I do have to, you know, put money into just buy a ton of packs just to get wild cards and, and start picking up those cards that I'm missing so I can get the staples for the upcoming format. Which, so. which is also a tricky way to do it because then you're like, I'm going to buy packs. They're a pack of 50 for Kamigawa. That doesn't yeah. get me the lands from the previous set. No, exactly. I open a lot yeah. of wild cards. So, yeah. look, uh, you know, it, it is just, it is, right? Like, it's just, a, 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 <laughs> if you don't play, I mean, it's, it's and I'm, I'm not saying this is like a, a, a terrible arena thing. It's like, if you didn't, you know, we used to buy boxes and sealed product and stuff all the time but i mean yeah most of us have, have dropped right off on that and standard in the last couple of years because we're just not playing paper magic so like if i wanted to do that previously be like oh i've got you know i've got to get like a half dozen cards to put this deck together and now it's like I've, i'd have to buy the whole thing so yeah, you know yeah. paper is exactly the same it's it's a no, grind no, you don't want to go about it you, you don't have to you buy know, i mean cracker. you know you know it's the royal we the the beans community, <laughs> not everyone has a, has a Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a polywaffle. Yes, <laughs> you can't have ours though. <laughs> no, 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 he's taken. Yeah, yeah, his cards are all used up by us. <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah, speaking of trying to get cards for building standard decks, we we will touch next week. I think next week will be a focus on standard, and the reason for that is uh, the, the start of our 2022 tournament series league. So, Cracker, what's this one that's coming up? It, it's Kamigawa. Standard. What? It's You know, what? it's... it's What's that? <laughs> it starts on the 29th. I know that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Wait, what? It's the, doing the draw, it on the draw on the 29th. The 26th. That's the 25th. The 25th. <laughs> it's okay. right there in front of you on the show notes. <laughs> I'm not looking at the show notes. 
It has been a long day, hasn't it, Gregor? <laughs> I'm tired. There's, there's, there's the 29th also of no February 29th of when Feb it's not even year. a leap year. All right, goodbye. <laughs> I'm done talking. <laughs> uh. that, so on the 29th of February is uh, World No Playing Magic Day, okay? Yes, yes. I promise I won't play magic that day. Yeah. Me either. Where, well, tw- hopefully when I do the live draw and pull names out of a bucket, I can actually speak that night, whenever that is, the 25th. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give you a call that day to make sure that Thanks. you've uh, had, had, your, had your coffee, mate. Um, yep. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, we've got a slightly different format on our league structures. Uh, still, still the leagues where everyone will be put into groups on our live stream and divvied up into, into those groups and you'll play everybody once and the, the winners will progress through. Just a slight structure change based on some of the learnings and uh such from previous years we're trying to not rest on our laurels and uh keep getting better and better at what we do and hopefully that translates into a uh, better experience if you've not partaken of any of our tournaments uh or our tournament series in previous years it's a great time to get in on that they are free to enter uh they're a great amount of fun you you know you get to know all the people in your group really well via the discord and have some really good games of magic and then we will stream the uh the finals and uh you know you can root for the people that were in your group or root against them if they crushed you uh whatever uh whichever avenue you wish to take uh but there's some sweet sweet prizes as well i think there's uh 500 bucks worth of cash and prizes up for grabs in our uh Kamigawa League, and as well as some like weekly giveaways. I think we, Shorty, you might have got a delivery today. Uh, yes, that, that I'm not allowed to talk inside? about yet. <laughs> oh, okay, no worries. Well, we there's a delivery today. That's that's all we're going to tell you, but it's sweet. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we given away some stuff just for playing your league games throughout the the weeks, and then yeah, if you are lucky enough to make top eight, you will. Uh, get a slice of that $500 pie. And of course, there's the invitational points up for grabs as well. So that's, uh, that's huge. You've got to try to knock Sarah soldiers off the top of the leaderboard after they took down the uh, one day historic event a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, you get a, an envy point just for participating and, uh, then points based on how you finish in the, uh, in the group stage. And of course, if you're, lucky enough or, or good enough to take out the whole event, then you will earn yourself a seat at the Envy table at the end of this year. Yeah, awesome fun. And yeah, the leagues are always good for the people that can't commit to, you know, weekend tournaments and things like that because you can play play your matches on your schedule. You know, you're just sort of organising them directly with your opponent and, uh, yeah, away you go. You find, find a time that suits the two of you and play your match and record your result and, and then you're all good. Got a few weeks to, to get it done. So make sure you get in on that. Uh, I think, you know, we've got pretty decent numbers already registered, but I would expect them to be a fair amount higher by the time we uh, we actually get there. Still still a bit of time to register. So don't snooze on it. Get in there and get registered and, uh, yeah, your chance to win that qualification direct to the Invitational. So that's going to do us for this week. As I said, next week will be a bit more of a focus on standard. We can look at 
new decks that are coming out and sort of if, if we've got any ideas on the metagame, what we're looking at playing in our league matches and things like that so you can hard metagame against us. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll delve right into that next week. So that's going to do us for this week. Uh, if you want to get in on all, all of those events and, you know, talk to people in our limited channels and things like that, the best place to do that is in the Discord, which is uh, a link in the show notes as always. Uh, you can also find a couple of links in the show notes for our merch store, which has just recently been updated, and there's a whole bunch of new gear. Uh, Chewy, you got yours recently and looks pretty sweet, so I think I'll have to pick up some new merch pretty soon. And then, yeah, also the link in there for Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, so go and check them out and let them know the beans sent you when you win something. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places where either Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast. So just search us up on there and you'll find us. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time. Bye.